Okay, I'm going to say a prayer before we start. <clears throat> okay. Abba, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. May it open our eyes to know how much you loved us by sacrificing your beloved perfect son. I pray we meditate at the extreme length you saved us, that we recognize the greatest gift to humanity, our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And again, it is um, Mark 14, 32 through 42. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little farther, he fell on, his, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. And the spirit indeed is, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed saying the same words, and again, who came and found them sleeping. For their eyes were heavy, very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of the sinners. Rise, let us all be going to see. My betrayer is at hand. Okay. <clears throat> So this was, uh, this was a lot of material. <laughs> and when I read this passage, I was struck by the humanity of Jesus. Um, he was disciplined in his decisions to serve. He was committed to follow his father's will before his own desire. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna continue on that theme. Uh, first, the location where Jesus goes to pray is Gethsemane. Uh, in Hebrew, and you'll forgive me for my mispronunciation, God, Shalmani, which is the olive press, Jesus went to a grove of olive trees to pray. The similarities of pressing for valuable extraction is profound. Jesus is being pressed to his limits, knowing he will be crucified. The olive trees are pressed for their oil through a series of three specific extractions for valuable commodities. The first pressing of oil is to be used for a temple. The second for medicine, food, cosmetics, and the third for lanterns and subs. Interesting enough, Jesus goes back and prays at the grove three times. I don't know why I had read this before, but I missed this. Um, I knew he went back a couple of times, but the, the similarities of being pressed three times, um, is, it, it just overwhelmed me. Um, the prayer is the same, but the anguish is real. Uh, the intensity that Jesus must have felt um, must have been overwhelming. He is willing to sacrifice himself for all of us sinners. Jesus is going to produce the salvation of the world. He is going to be physically crushed as it is stated in the Old Testament in Isaiah 53.5. But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And by his wounds, we are healed. I am deeply touched in a number of ways. 
And I know how important and valuable essential oils are. I know how much Jesus is too, but in my line of work, <clears throat> I often use them to assist in the healing process with muscle recovery um, or other ailments. They are very expensive and highly concentrated, meaning their efficacy can be toxic if not applied correctly. The oils, once applied into the skin, seep into the blood, creating a barrier around the cell wall that can attenuate, which means blocking like viruses, bacteria, or other blood-related pathogens. This, um, this is often studied and is documented, like even in pharmacopoeia in 2012, like with one of my blends that I use often from doTERRA. Um, but the value and the importance of the oils is not just in the time of Jesus, but even in our present time. And that's how I could relate to it. I, I was just moved that this is what they were talking about, being in the grove of uh, olive trees and oils. Um, and of course, the contrast is that receiving the extracted Jesus, pressed to the limits, the crucified Jesus, and his gift of salvation is, a, is eternal for all kinds of healing. We are forever transformed, not just on this time on earth, but our eternal state is saved and transformed forever. What a wonder. <laughs> What an amazing uh, selfless act. Then there is the cup and the will of God. Again, the humanity that Jesus took uh, upon himself um, and, and, and did in doing God's will is just immense to me. Jesus prays for the cup to be removed in reference to the wrath of God. He knows all the things are possible for God, yet only if it is God's will. Jesus wants us to be aligned to his Father's will. He's not afraid to ask for it to be removed, but does not want to be contrary to the will of the Father. He prayed for it three times, showing his most earnest desire of his heart. He went back into prayer after finding the disciples asleep. He mentions in the beginning, his soul is sour, sorrowful even to death. In verse 35, it states he fell on the ground and prayed for the hour to pass. But by verse 41, he accepts that he is going to be handed over. And when reading this, I'm struck by the complexity of how human Jesus is. The fact that he prayed repeatedly with pain, he verbally acknowledged to God his desires to know my Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, in anguish to be lifted from him, breaks my heart. <laughs> and I tried reading this without breaking down, but um, it touches me so deeply. He knows his purpose of redeeming the world. Jesus humbled himself by giving us all an example of how to come before God in our hardest circumstances. What I have learned is, am I asking whether my prayers are aligned to God's will? I have not always conceded to God's will. I have struggled with my sheer determination to not lean on God before. And in my studies of these verses, um, oh, forgive me, um, the question came up, was about Christ having two natures, or only one, or part of both. Um, this was new to me. Um, this was a, a different form of study that I had never looked at. This uh, was known by monotheliticism, um, which often questioned Jesus as the person. Did he have a partly human nature or partly divine nature, or only having one will? Um, all of this was discredited in the seventh century. The truth is that both natures reside fully in Christ. Jesus is fully human and fully divine. 
While on earth, Jesus puts his humanity aligned to follow God's will and ultimately redeem the world. And again, forever, I am grateful that he would pay a price, not just for me, but for all of us. Uh, what a remarkable way that he uh, lived and then the remarkable way that he died. He put his human side down and then he really fulfilled God's will. The other astonishing uh, main point is these passages reveal the determination regardless of the loneliness, the disappointment Jesus had with his three disciples falling asleep. He took Simon, Peter, James, John with him privately so he could pray. He instructed them to sit there quietly, um, to sit there while he prayed. After praying, he came back to find that in one hour that they had uh, fallen asleep. In verse 37 and 38, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Could you not watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. By the third time, they did not know how to answer him. And again, by verse 41 and 42, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. This wasn't just once, but three times. Jesus still comes through as ultimate sacrifice, saying, it is enough. He acknowledges it's enough prayer and wrestling with God. It is enough with that time that has gone by. Even enough sleep for the disciples. It was time to await. His hour at hand was present. He had done what he could to pray and to even alert them for what would distract them. Temptation was at hand. Temptation is what they gave into. They were physically weak. They fell asleep. Jesus rebukes them all, but does address Simon Peter. This account is from Mark, but given firsthand from Peter. Peter could not forget that Jesus spoke to him directly. Prior to them being in the garden, Peter had professed the way he would lay down his life for Jesus. Yet the rebuke came without anger. Here Jesus was gentle. All three of the disciples must have been stressed to see Jesus deep in prayer, yet tired, for they had been with him for the past three years. Initially, as this unfolds, the disciples may not have felt the gravity of the situation. As they retell it to others like Mark, they realize how loving Jesus was to them. While he was still enduring the trials of his life, he still took the time to warn them and remain with them. The way I can relate to this is when I look back at a number of times when I was distant and distracted by choice from God, I can honestly say that he had provided people and loved ones that were there praying for me, gently rebuking my choices, disciplining me to more of a fruitful life. I often want what is comfortable and I can relate to these three, falling asleep when I should be knee down deep in prayer. How sobering to read and study that Jesus knows our daily struggles. Even in his darkest times, he spent it teaching and warning his loved ones. I'd like to close in prayer. <clears throat> Father, thank you for teaching us through your word, the truth about Jesus and his commitment to you to do your will, his love, purpose, and redeemed us. Let us learn to be alert through many difficult times in our lives. Give us the strength to endure, for we cannot do it alone. We lean on Jesus. He is the answer, the only one, the truth, the light, and the coming redemption for all salvation for humanity. Amen.